everyone. Welcome to There's a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Each week, I talk about the difficult situations we face by peeling back the layers of politics, education, and culture. You know, I have to start off with apologizing because it's been a while. In fact, December 6th. 2021. So that's pretty much it's pretty it's three months. I'm not going to make any excuse saying I'm busy and all this type of stuff because this is something that I do want to be committed to doing on a regular basis. So I promise you, I swear to you, I am going to get better. However, if you follow the podcast uh, Facebook page, and Instagram, Twitter, things to that nature, you will see that I am constantly posting information on those social media pages. In fact, you know, I've been very active with trying to express my views and opinions on those pages. It's just for some reason taking the time to speak like this once a week or so and come up with information to speak about. It just, unlike social media posting something on Facebook where something comes to my mind and I'd be like, oh my God, I'm just gonna throw that on there. And most times the stuff that I might throw on Facebook, of course, you know, I can just cut and paste it on Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter. And of course, you know, I get the, likes or the boos and the comments, positive, negative, and whatnot, even express my views on some things that I see on um, YouTube. So it's not like that I have not been active. Um, Things are still growing. Uh, Like I said, get a lot of comments, get a lot of likes, get a lot of boos. I mean, I'm a lifelong Dallas Cowboys fan. Whether people are in the stadium to cheer the team or to root against the team, a seat that's filled up is a seat that's filled up. The ticket was bought. You know, even when I see people buy jerseys to burn, you know, I remember when LeBron James left Cleveland the first time and they were just burning his jersey. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, it don't matter because they bought the jersey to burn the jersey. So either way, retail. Dollar is a retail dollar. But like I said, want to be more committed to bringing you a podcast. I guess, you know, something about hearing a person's voice versus just reading their words, but actually um, just dialoguing with that person's expressing their views verbally, you know, and eventually, you know, my goal is to do things with a video, you know, start doing YouTube videos and things of this nature, start Zoom chats and things of this nature, just, I guess, so you can see my facial expression on some of the things that I may say, some of the things that I hear, because I've been told I do not have a poker face. But, you know, like I said, it's been three months since the last time I sat before this mic and spoke. However, 
what I find so interesting is other than the war in Ukraine, nothing really has changed. I mean, let's, uh, let's just, we'll start off with State of the Union. Okay, Joe Manchin. Now, one of the things that, you know, I noticed right off the bat, Joe Manchin was sitting with the Republicans. I did not see anywhere in the media that indicated this, but I saw it, he plain as day. I don't even know if it was mentioned, you know, like, oh, there's Joe Manchin. Ironically, he's sitting with the Republican Party. Nobody said that. But the fact is, pictures don't lie, especially live pictures. Joe Manchin was sitting surrounded by Republicans, you know, Democrat senator from West Virginia sitting with the Republican Party at the State of the Union address. Speaking for myself, and I've said this before, I think I probably said this back in December, Joe Manchin's whole purpose is to jam up any progress that the Democrats are trying to make. One, I believe, is that a number of the things that the Democrats are trying to implement would be very detrimental to the Republican causes. It would be a major advancements for Democrats in regards to demonstrating to the country the healing process that is needed after the previous individual was in the White House. But also, I believe that this is Democrats' way of also using Joe Manchin to not have to, I guess, explain a lot of the issues that they are trying to pass through. Because I believe in my heart, there are a number of Democrats that do not want police reform. There are a number of Democrats that do not want the John Lewis voting rights. I just don't believe that they don't want this. And they're using the Republicans as their own human shields so that they can say it's them. And then you got one individual, Joe Manchin. He is the perfect candidate that has taken center stage in regards to, I guess, putting himself out there. And I can't even say that he's using himself as a human shield because I don't think he is in it in any way a lose lose situation, a lose win situation. I believe he is in a win 
win situation. And I believe that no matter what these Democrats are saying, I truly believe that if Joe Manchin was not in the way, they still would find some way to come up with some reasoning to not pass these major bills because these are game changers. Lifting the limitations, restrictions of voting for every American, that's, that's detrimental. That's detrimental. Even Democrats benefit from restrictions, particularly white Democrats. They benefit from some of these restrictions. I think they do not understand how detrimental it's going to be for them. But even if they still, when you got, when you have life, lifelong Democrats, they're Democrats that have been in their office, their seats for 10, 20, 30 years that you have never, ever heard of. And not just on the federal level, but even state level. I have no idea of the number of Democrat and Republican state senators, state representatives that are in the House. You just don't you just don't take the time to focus on that. But imagine if you've been in these seats and you really you just keep getting voted back and you don't do nothing, nothing at all. This is why, you know, you should have term limitations. But of course, they're not going to they're not going to do that. And you making you what a base salary for somebody in the house. I think it was like one hundred hundred and sixty hundred and sixty four thousand. So I can't I'm not sure of the exact number, but plus plus the perks, the budget. Your office, all these things. And you don't really have to do nothing. But every now and then make appearances every two years, you know, write, write a letter on a congressional letterhead, maybe get somebody's son or daughter in one of the military academies. But other than that, that's all you do. And this is what you've been doing for 20, 30 something years. And that's not even count, you know, a senator that's been in office for multiple terms because the state just keeps sending you back. And I'm talking about even these states like the Dakotas and Idaho, where they got two senators and they have the same equal power as a senator from New York, California, Texas, and they don't do jack shit for their whole career but because they have name recognition and they're there because, you know, some some well-financed individuals constantly send them there to their seat in office because they do their bidding. And as long as that person is doing their bidding, that person stays in place. So, you know, when you look at Joe Manchin, it's 
It's just amazing how people constantly are focused on Joe Manchin and they're constantly saying he is still holding up the progress that the Democrats need to make any type of advancements. You're really looking at the wrong issue. If anybody is fucked up over this, I would say it's probably Vice President Kamala Harris, because let's be real, when she was used by the Biden, by Joe Biden supporters to come on the ticket, it was to galvanize and solidify the black votes. Because I don't know if Joe Biden knows what, yeah, I'm sure he knows what Howard University is at. But in terms of what, you know, HBCU, the alumni, more or less, I'm sure he probably gained an understanding of what is a Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority member and how that trickles down to the Divine Nine and the HBCUs how he was going to incorporate and gain the support of these individuals. You have to, you have to realize that this was a major play. Then to say, we're going to put you in the lead of major legislation. See, it was Vice President Harris who was supposed to be the face of the John Lewis voting right. She was supposed to be the face of the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. These were going to be touted as her launch pad because the theory was that Kamala Harris was going to be the first female president, not black female president, but first female president of the United States. This was what was being touted for her legacy. It was really almost an unspoken word that she was president in training. These things would have passed. We would still be celebrating her. This would have galvanized the vote. So the way the midterms would have came, you know, the House would stay intact. The Senate would stay intact. Maybe, maybe, possibly even gain some more seats. Because it's possible. You know, especially in states with high minority rates. But this, this didn't happen. None of this is happening. I mean, let's be real. This, we're in March. Midterms um, voting is November. What? six, seven, nine months. We're nine months away from that. Uh, campaigning starts probably, say, summertime, July, August. We're not far from that. It's March already. Hell, next Sunday is daylight savings time. That's, I mean, we're three, three months into the year already. And nothing has changed in regards to the 
politics in the United States. But I wanted to um, talk about the police reform because I noticed that during the State of the Union, I noticed that, and I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, the only time when both Democrats and Republicans stood up to applaud Joe Biden is when he was talking about police reform in in the area of funding the police. Because of course, you know, one of the slogans throughout the campaign for presidency was defund the police. And Joe Biden pretty much, he always stated that he did not believe in defunding the police. He believed in police reform. But it was ironic that during the State of the Union speech, he made the term funding the police. And like I said, this is this is what caused both Democrats and Republicans to stand up. This is probably one of the misinterpreted terms because it's funny when you have something that is supported by Republicans and Democrats, which is, is like an oxymoron. You have to understand they're talking about it in different directions. See, when a Republican, when they say things like defunding the police, the concept is you're taking resources away from the police department. And when you take those resources away from the police department, you're cutting back on police officers. You're cutting back on the material that police officers need. When you're in a society where on the news you hear every day, or in my case, I watch the news in the morning, every morning, every morning where I live at, all you hear, this person was shot and killed. That person was shot and killed. Vandalism took place. This happened at 2 a.m. in the morning. All you hear is these things that it makes you think, okay, we cannot have less police. If anything, we need more police. So when you hear somebody say, we're going to defund the police, you're not going to, you're not going to get their support. It's just not going to happen. And this is how the Republican parties have twisted this statement. Because of course, Democrats allow for them to do it. I mean, again, I spoke on this at the last podcast about how every time Democrats come up with something, Republicans take it, twist it, rip it all apart and reshape it. And it becomes their talking point. And when it becomes their talking point, it's not the same anymore. So when Democrats are saying defund the police, what they are really trying to say is 
take the money from an actual police department or take the money out of hands of this department of a police department and put it over in this area. So it could be utilized for what Democrats like to say, better training. But what you have to realize is that it's not about better training because it's about the culture and the environment of the police officer. You can't, you can't train racism out of an individual. Training will not get rid of white supremacy. What you have to put more money into is resources and programs, organizations that will go after police officers when something is done wrong to individuals. Because putting more money in an environment that is rancid is not going to change anything. And there are police organizations, police precincts that are just rancid. So you're putting more money. That's like saying, I'm going to give the Ku Klux Klan more money with the hope that they're going to become better people. No, they're going to just, they're going to get more gasoline, more wood to make their crosses, you know, walking around in 1800 count sheets, but they're not going to use it for their personality. And this is the mindset that a lot of Democrats, particularly white Democrats, believe in because a lot of them still don't understand. Yes, they see it. They hear it of the racism. They saw George Floyd. They heard of the Breonna Taylor situation, all of the killings of unarmed black individuals. They watch the news just like we do, but it still does not transpire to them. Just like when you hear people that live in Russia that do not believe that Russian soldiers are killing civilians in the Ukraine because they just, it's, it's being told to them on TV that we could blow up a building and that building is only gonna target you know, military personnel. That's the most stupidest thinking. But there are people that believe this stuff. It's the same thing. There are people that do not believe that police officers have a different mindset when it comes to targeting 
black and white people. What black individuals are saying when it comes to using the term defund the police, they are saying put the money to go to parts of organizations. And they're, they're really, uh, real black organizations are not even saying it should have anything to do with the police department. Because if you put the money in the police department and rely on them to allocate that money towards social workers, therapy, things of that nature, so you're still putting control of the money in the hands of the unjust police department. So what, what's, what do you think is going to be the result of that? But if you have a separate organization, separate entities that are geared towards providing therapy and social workers towards situations where you also have laws that says anytime there's a suspect that is believed that they have some type of mental issues going on, that they are immediately contacted and they are brought on the scene. I remember when I graduated from college, there was a time if there was some type of act of child abuse in the home, you could not, the police might've been called as backup, but a social worker was called to come out to remove that child from the home. It's, it's almost just like when a woman is arrested or there's a woman suspect, a female officer was called out to interrogate her physically. A male officer could not put his hands on because, I mean, of course, that was, come on, everything that can go wrong was going to go wrong. But see, they done got away from that. There was a time a female would have to wait for a female police officer to come out to inspect her physical body. But, you know, just like social workers coming on the scene, you hardly see that now. Females are being frisked by male officers. And of course, they can say that it was inappropriate touching, but I mean, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? There's nothing gonna happen. So when they keep saying, you know, we're gonna fund the police, and you got the Republicans and the Democrats both standing up, trust, they see total different things. Let's continue with the defund the police. Because, you know, it's like I said, this is something that. Democrats came up with. And it was, you know, after the Rodney King, I'm I'm saying Rodney King, excuse me, forgive me, um, George Floyd. Because again, George Floyd murder was nothing new. It just happened so 
it took place right after COVID really hit big time. So everybody still cope, scared from COVID. Everybody staying home. They glued to the TV. And that was probably the first major news that took place during COVID. So everybody, the world saw this. The world literally saw that police officer with his knee on that man's neck and that man is begging for his life. And they saw that man literally die on TV. And then people was thinking, oh shit, we gotta do something. Cause we can't hide this one. Even when it was on film, they still had the ability to hide it. But now the world was a witness. See, they can't, they can't hide it. So the Democrats come up with the term, we need to defund the police. Okay, this was their slogan, but the problem was they made this slogan so bland that it gave the opposition, Republicans, the opportunity to butcher it and once they butchered it, chopped it up, they reshaped it and literally made it into something negative. If we defund the police, this is going to happen. Crime is going to go up. This is what the Republican Party do. And the sad part is Democrats were so proud of their slogan, proud of their work. They never had the mindset that the Republicans were going to do this. So they had no, they had no preparedness to defend their statement of defunding the police. Because it was just something that they shot off the hip, but not realizing how that term would resonate. Anytime you say defund anything, defund a budget, Defund this department from a corporate point of view. When you defund anything, it's not only conveying that you're reducing the material side of something, you really are really getting rid of something. So when you say we're going to defund this department and this corporation, you're really saying we're going to get rid of this department. So when you say we're going to get rid of this department, you're thinking that the space that was occupied by individual is going to be done with. The jobs that those individuals have is going to be taken away and you're looking at unemployed individuals. So this is the image that people have when they say defund the police. When you say defund the police, you're literally saying get rid of the police officers and see, when you say that in areas like Chicago, Atlanta, Houston, New York, major cities, the, the citizens there, they don't want to hear that. That's the last thing they want to hear. We're dealing with rampant crime and you talking about defunding? No, that's just, that's not going to happen. You're not going to get our attention. You're, you're going to lose us. We either are, we're not going to support you. We won't vote against you, but we're not going to vote 
at all. So really, that's still a loss. I mean, when you say defunding the police, you basically are saying you're giving up on trying to make something work. And see, when you got, when you are not clear as to what you're trying to do and somebody else takes your statement and they don't prepare all the things that's going to go wrong with your statement, now you're backpedaling. But what should have happened, and I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be truthful, I don't know what the proper term should have been. It's, or you could you could say, let's help the police, but we're going to help them by doing things like we're going to set up this organization that's have total autonomy from the police officers. And then when you say things like add more training and equipment, again, people going to see that as what you want. You're going to get more training, more tanks, more weapons, more bullets to shoot black people faster. No. What we starting to realize is things need to be put in place so that when a police officer is accused of wrongly shooting a black individual, such as George Floyd, when you look at the reaction of Derek Chauvin, in my lifetime, I don't know, I mean, and I know it's happened, but how often do you see a police officer found guilty and then sentenced to some serious time for killing a black individual? Or making it with the intent that if you shoot an unarmed black person, and I'll say an unarmed white person, but I'm just calling it what it is. It's more black people that face this. An unarmed black person and they're walking away from you and you shoot them in the back. You should go to jail. Period. There's no if, ands, or buts. If you wrongfully murder a person, a person of color, you should go to jail and the resources should be utilized because make no mistake in the state of Minnesota during the, the Chauvin case, the state of Minnesota, the attorney general, Keith Ellison, he was given a blank check in regards to resources that he had at his disposal to prosecute to the fullest level of the law to make sure that no stones were left unturned. Same thing with the Maude Aubrey case. Those prosecutors were given 
I would say nearly a blank check to get a verdict that in the past situation, it was never heard of. It was never heard of. And that's why you got the verdicts that was rendered in each of these cases. This is what funding entities, this is what those extra money. See, when they say defund the police, what they're saying is take some of that money away from the police department and use that money for departments that would help regulate the police department. But by no means can you give it to the police department. Take it away from the police department and use those fundings so that when a police officer steps out of line, there's money that's there to whip his ass, put his ass in jail, prosecute him to the fullest of the law. And if he cannot justify his actions, his ass is locked up. This is what funding should be used for. And this is and if, if President Biden would have stated in that manner, I guarantee that in no way in hell the Republicans would have stood up for that. See, that's that's a telltale sign. Anytime the Republicans stood up for your statement, you know you said some dumb shit for them to agree with you. That's a telltale. That's 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 like saying the devil comes up to you and say, I like what you just did. You may think that you did something good, but if the devil says, I like that, you got to know in your mind, I just fucked up. Something's, I don't feel right. Just sometimes you might get a person that say, I like that. And you sitting there like, somehow I don't feel good that somebody like you like what I just said. You, I mean, I'm sure some of us probably had a statement like that and somebody comes up to you like, I could use that. I like what you just drew. I like what you just said. And you're thinking, huh? It makes you look back and say, hmm, let me look at this again, because if you like it, I'm not seeing something. And if you look hard enough, if you break it down and skim off layers. It's just that the person that you feel that you don't want to like it, they were able to peel back layers faster than you could. But if you peel them back deep enough, you'll see what they see and you'll see that now I see what, what they liked about it. Now I see how they interpret it or how they're going to use what I just said or what I created for their own benefit. This is the same situation with when President Biden said, fund the police. Because I don't care what you do with that money in regards to making a person better. Because a person, if they are a racist, whether they got $1 
and then you give them a million dollars, they're going to still be a racist. You just made them a rich racist. And then also you look at, look at things like when a person of color calls 911 and it is stated that they risk being shot or harmed by the police when they are the victim. I mean, think about that. So it makes you say, I don't even want to call 911 because shit can get out of hand. I'm being pulled over by the police because chances are you know you were speeding. You might have been doing 60 and a 55, five miles over, 10 miles over. And you're like, oh shit, this could get dangerous for a damn speeding ticket. Or you, you say to yourself, oh damn, I forgot to fix that headlight or that taillight. And you get pulled over and you're thinking, I could possibly die over something trivial. This is the mindset of African-Americans, especially black men. This is the mindset that you have to have. But if something was in place that a police officer is like, you know what? I ain't even gonna fuck with this person. I ain't sitting there saying, let him go. But I'm gonna be just as cautious. I'm gonna be just as careful when I interact with people of color because I don't want nothing to happen to me as well. I don't want shit to break out. I don't want to lose my pension for some trivial shit. Just think about it. Even if a person manhandles a per, uh, person of color and you say to yourself, when they investigate and they realize I went too far, I can lose my pension and I'm five years away from retirement. Or I, I got five years in and I want to make this a career and this shit is, I'm, I'm done. Think about that. That's accountability. That's where resources and funding should be placed. Again, I apologize for the delay in the time that has passed. I swear I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. Like I said, um, there's always things to talk about. It's just managing my time so that I can um, convey my thoughts, speak. But like I said, um, follow my Facebook page. Follow my Instagram. Follow my Twitter. A lot of the stuff that I'm going to be talking about is pretty much posted. A lot of stuff that I talk about, I've already posted my views and opinions of that. But as always, I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear your opinions. I would love to hear your corrections. I would love to hear your disagreements. I would love to hear your applause. But until then, 
God bless. Please stay safe. COVID is not over, although I believe we need to set the fact that we're going to be living with COVID forever. So pretty much still take precautions, monitor yourself, monitor your surroundings, um, do things that you should have been doing, washing your hands, being respectful of other people, things of that nature. But either way, take care and God willing, I will see you next week. Take care. All right, guys, thanks for listening to There's a System to This Madness podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe. To continue the discussion that we had today, make sure to check out our Facebook page. See y'all next week.